Hello everyone and welcome to bonus episode number one of Zion's Finest. I will keep this very short. This is going to be a short episode. Here's what happened. Me, Matt, and Sam were recording, we were talking, and I took us off on a pretty lengthy tangent that we ultimately ended up deciding needed to be cut from the final episode, but Matt suggested that we include it as a bonus episode, which I think is an excellent idea. This is something that we have been talking about a lot. It is mostly about playing from a disadvantaged position. That's not quite the right way to say it, but think about it like in terms of playing back. How do you play back? How do you, if you're not swarming the board, if you're not the beat down, if you're playing the Republic, I guess is pretty much the way to think about it. But that's not even the case. Um, there's lots of lists we have found where you might not need to be the most aggressive list or being aggressive might be a trap. And so with that being the case, we wanted to talk about that and I wanted to shoot some ideas past them and get their feedback. So that's what this episode is. It is short, it's sweet. We're really releasing it midweek just so that you have something to listen to. I hope you guys enjoy it. It was obviously fun to make, but um, we, I don't know that we'll be doing too many of these in the future, but you know, this is a bonus episode. I am sure we will probably do something like this again in the future. Enjoy it. Let us know what you think on the Slack. We would love if you've got some feedback in terms of ways that you think, in terms of playing this more slower, grindier position, how you think that works. I would love to hear your ideas on the Slack. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a good week. Okay, so one thing I want to close this out. This is entirely impromptu. We haven't prepared for this, but this is something I have been thinking about. Because I, I have been thinking about this in terms of how Republic approaches, and this is not just Republic. I want to think about this if you're not the beat down, how you are going to be winning games. Because what I have found is when I'm playing Ahsoka Dooku, I am very much, I am not the beat down. What I am doing is I am not, not caught, not, I'm not holding back, but I'm very cautiously approaching the midline with the hopes that. What I want my opponent to do, if my opponent is the beatdown, which most of the time they are, and I've been playing against a lot of Vader Gravis, is that I want them to rush forward. They're going to take that first line of objectives, but they're not going to be getting momentum. And what I'm trying to do is consistently is when I'm pulling this struggle token back, I am only, I'm not pulling it all the way back onto my side of the line so that I am gaining momentum. So it's, a, if I'm, it's as if you're wounding figures, Okay. Now you're giving your you are playing a dangerous game in that your opponent is the one who has the momentum on the the momentum is running towards them the struggle tracker is running towards them, but it has felt to me a lot better about winning because I have just been playing these very grindy struggle ones like my game against Will he is running Vader Grievous he can massacre things he can't really massacre everything in Ahsoka Dooku but he has just this very strong list and we are still I was playing with the struggle token was on his side almost the entire por portion of struggle one but the idea what I was trying to do was I don't want to give him easy targets to wound I want to consistently pull it just onto you know one one shy and he is not going to be able to swing it back because my back line is either going to be anchored by something like ob2 or Dooku or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But the idea is I'm denying him targets and denying him the point to make these swings. And I just want, what are your guys' thoughts in terms of, do you think that's right? Do you think that the idea for these not beat down lists is, should we just give up winning struggle one or should our should the idea be, we're, we're going to give up the midline and just hope that your opponent can't swing too much? What do you think? So I think my game against you kind of shows my philosophy on what you should do when you're not the beat down in struggle one. Where I yeah. did, but you, I did seed a little bit of early momentum. Yeah. And 
I'm in a little bit of early struggle movement, but yeah. I did not let you pull ahead to any sort of sizable thing and kind of kept it right on your side until I could swing four in my favor. Yes. And as soon as right. I got four in my, I was not planning on losing struggle one. Like I was actively thinking of ways to deny you points. Yeah. Like my plan was not to just give you points. I was trying to deny them to you until I could have a big swing. And I yeah. think that's what you want to do when you're not the beat down. You're thinking deny, deny, deny. Okay, I have my big swing. Now I only need to get it a couple of spots onto my side and I can win the struggle. I talked about this quite a bit in our like cave lost struggle one episode. Yeah. I think that often what is happening in the game right now is that both players are fighting super hard to win struggle one. Yes. And what happens is the player that wins struggle one has an attrition advantage. They've dealt more damage to the opponent, and then they just snowball that out to an overall victory. And I think if you're not the beatdown, like the, the approach I've taken that feels like it's working, especially within Republic, is you are you are seeding some struggle points, like Sam said. You are you are picking an area of the board and committing your whole list there. So if you're the beatdown, you are trying to apply really mm. strong pressure across the board and trying mm. to score points as quickly as possible. You are looking for your opponent's most vulnerable point and attacking yeah. that every single time. Yeah. If you're not the beatdown, I think what you're looking to do, you're trying to turn it into, I'm controlling two of, of the five objectives and I'm applying pressure to a third. And I won't win that third every time, but I'm going to get free momentum from being behind and I'm hoping yep. to build up enough of an advantage of unwounded figures that you can win struggle one. Or if you can't, you are going to be in such a strong position in struggle two that you can keep pressing that attrition advantage to tee up for struggle three. And I, I think that that's the other thing is that when you get into struggle two, because you've lost one, you feel so much pressure where you're like, I got to clinch this. I got to lock this down. Yeah, but the choice of objective of the map is so strong, and, yeah. and the ability to score first on the tempo is so strong. Yeah, often I think what you are doing is you are saying I'm ahead on tempo. I don't need to pressure on points because I need to catch up on the board. I need to deal more damage. You take that advantage. You deal more damage to your opponent, and you force them to decide: Are they going to try to take your scoring tempo advantage away from you, or? Yeah. Are they going to let you have it? Either of those situations you can leverage into you know, trying to get your foot in the door. You're playing for struggle three always, right? Yeah. I think the big problem, my, my problem with playing for struggle three in that way is, and this is just a an entirely practical problem, is that time is going to be a factor where if we are playing these really grindy struggle ones that take an hour, which I that seems pretty common to be honest in a lot of my games. Thirty minutes you can finish a you can finish two struggles in thirty minutes because struggle two can go super fast. But it also feels like you might be playing under a little bit of heat and a kind of pressure that you won't really feel super comfortable with. And so that's just something to be aware of. Yeah, you know, this is something that Ben and Sam talked about with the with the managing of time, where it can just feel like oh man, you're going to be making a lot of really quick decisions if you are playing this super grindy struggle one, right? Planning to win struggles two and struggle three. I don't like bunching up as much as Matt does and like going to one side of the board. As you yeah. saw me very spread out in my game against yeah, you, Kenny. Let me actually describe this. What we were doing was, yeah. so this is easy on video, is Sam kind of formed, I what I formed was kind of an L where I had Kraken and then I was contesting the entire midline, but Kraken was on the mm -hmm. back and I was contesting literally the entire midline. 
And because that, it's the, it was my first game playing Dooku Grievous. I play Dooku a bunch, but he's been with other things. But I was like, oh, well, I can just like press forward and do my thing. And maybe this played a little bit, but Sam, what Sam did is he kind of split my line. So he was more moving in this diagonal line. And then he dove Anakin actually kind of in a V to take my back point, And I couldn't realistically very easily push him off. Yeah. So I, I bisected the board, kind of I split his force in half was yep. the idea, but it split me up a little bit. But yeah, I was able to, with because I was playing not as the beatdown, I had this interesting opportunity where what do I do with Anakin? I can either yeah. wound somebody and get extra momentum, or I can just steal his back point. Yeah. And so I just walked him over there. Anakin was more or less in the middle of nowhere and took that point, but it was just like, he realistically can't take it back. Yeah. Again, because also one thing that was weird about that map was because so much, it was such high elevation that Anakin force jumps up there, whereas I've got Kraken. And so, you know, he can do his advance, but there was just a lot of things that felt like it was a, it was a super great game and a super well-positioned game. I'm also, I, I have never played like Matt has in terms of this bunching. I do like the idea though, of you're holding two points and then you're, you know, fighting over a third. I worry about that in terms of like more of a scrum, but it is absolutely the case. I think the biggest thing is, is like Sam says, and like Matt has said, is it's about denial in terms of saying, you don't want to give your opponent the easy opportunity to come in, wound a figure, swing a point. That's really what you're trying to avoid if you're not the beat down, is you don't want to be letting your opponent get those two point swings every time it's his turn. And so that's just something that as, as, I, I have played lists that naturally resist that with Ahsoka Dooku and just more control. But even that is also a play style thing where you and a positioning thing. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you're going to lose those points. Yeah, I think my bias towards the bunch up is really informed by the fact that I'm, I'm really heavily invested in Republic and yeah. their supports are they can't go alone. Right. And no. so if you abandon your supports, they will just die. And so that's very informed by that perspective. But I think you're correct that, like, in in a tournament setting, you are going to have to be willing to play your first strike, your activations quickly, even if in the first struggle, like, if you're looking to play a more attrition-focused, you know, long game kind of a strategy, you're going to have to be willing to make faster decisions early so that by the time you're hitting that mission critical, it's after your swing has come into where you have the tempo advantage. That yeah. said, I had a really grindy game like this against JK. We played it pretty slow because both of us were experimenting with new stuff. Yeah. But it was super long struggle one that he eventually closed out. But what happens in those situations is struggle two goes so fast. Yes. I was very much in that mode where I was like, hey, I'm super ahead. Like, I'm my first activation scoring, I'm going to score three points in the struggle without having to do anything. Yeah, I can just I can just play for damage, but it was three activations of mine, two of his, to where I closed out that struggle. Even saying I'm not playing for points super hard, yeah. but because we had spent so much time grinding things out, and I, and I had sort of said, okay, you get a points advantage, you get to win struggle one, but I'm coming into this with a body count and attrition advantage. Yeah, because of that, I was able like the natural pressure on the board is that I won struggle two pretty fast, and I was able to steal his scoring tempo pretty quickly in struggle three. The thing in a tournament setting when you're running out of time is that mission critical is a system that benefits whoever 
is currently pulling the struggle token to their side. Yeah. Right, because it's accelerating the case of the pace of the game. It is yep. giving the player that is behind in the third struggle less opportunity, less time to catch up. Yeah. And so as long as you're hitting that attrition swing point in struggle two and pressing that, as I think you need to be in struggle three, like if you're on the back foot in struggle three and you lost struggle one, I think you're probably just out of the game regardless. Yeah. Because it's yeah. so, so hard to be in that place. Yeah, agreed. Well, this is just something I want everyone to think about as we're as we're playing a little bit more. Because I do think as we're approaching premier lists that people are going to be... A lot of people are still going to be running a lot of Vader, a lot of Grievous. You know, the, I think I don't think the Grievous-Dooku list, that's not a beatdown list in terms of it's not the beatdown. It's just an incredible list with incredible mobility. But I think there's going to be a lot of that. But I don't think there's going to be a ton of Vader-Grievous is what I'm saying in the premiere format, just because it's kind of hard to build around that with the current tools. So I, I don't know that... It'll be just really interesting to see how this kind of breaks as we're all getting more games with these slightly more balanced lists. So anyway, yeah. just something to think about. I want to call out really quick, when we talk about who's the beatdown, that's terminology borrowed from Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And that's a game where beatdown is you are trying to kill your opponent. Like that is yep. your victory condition. In yep. a game where you are scoring points and that is related to but not directly connected to how you win the game or the damage in terms of winning the game. I think that there are two ways to think about I am the beatdown. I think there's like the Vader Grievous where it's like, yes, I am trying to hit my opponent really hard so that I can score points quickly. Yeah. But I think that there is also the the more the battle droid synergy is much more I'm gonna swarm the board with bodies and I'm gonna deal good damage, but mostly I'm just scoring quickly and applying pressure. And that's yes. beat down, but it's a beat down in terms of I'm scoring points quickly and faster than you can catch up, more yeah. so than just I'm dealing damage in order to close things out. Yeah, beat down in terms of like board pressure is, I think, the way to think about it with Shattercoin, either through yeah. wounding. Am I trying or to just win like... fast by applying yeah. pressure early, or am I trying to stave off pressure so that I can build an advantage over time? I can win on value over time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tempo versus okay. value, right? Tempo versus value, exactly.